Craft Beer Radio, episode 53, Wednesday, September 20th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And today we're doing some more porters. Yay! Hooray! That's, uh, so what do we got? We have let's a, go with the big one first, I guess. Yeah, let's, we have uh, two big ones and one small one. Let's do this one first. Again, this is a situation where these beers came in before I had my good inventory tracking system of who sent in the beers. So we have the Farmhouse Stone Fence Porter from someone out west who sent it to us. This is from the Coast Range Brewing Company in Gilroy, California. Ooh. Nice aroma coming off that one. Okay. See if you found a little piece of styrofoam? Mm -hmm. It's a Gary beer. There you go. Thanks, Gary. We talked about porters last week, so we're not going to go over the BGCP-style guidelines again, but basically what you should expect is... If you're a new listener, go back and listen to the show. Is obviously a dark beer, dark beer. Typically, a rather malt-forward presence with hops in the background, particularly in American-stylized versions of it, with um, some roastiness and even some chocolatey and toffee flavors. You catching this aroma yet? You just poured it, so it's a little bit easier for you. But yeah, there oh, you go. Yeah, that's the uh, what comes to mind is the robust porter that we had last week. The aroma on that one. A good amount of chocolate on this aroma. Cocoa. Yeah. Very cocoa, a little bit of coffee in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a nice aroma. It pours, oh, shall we say, oh, there's some highlights. I was going to say jet black, but there's a couple highlights in the bottom. You've got a big billowy head that is a, uh, it's a tan color. It's dark head, darker head for a porter, actually. Definitely smells yummy. <laughs> I want to drink some of this. I put this in the fridge when I got home. I got home maybe half an hour before you came, so it's not quite as cold as we thought it would be when we took that sip, right? It's still a little bit warmer. Um, but it's probably cold enough, wouldn't you say? Now, this is a beer that uh, is supposed to be drinking at somewhat colder temperatures than necessarily a, a double IPA, for instance. Right. Uh, but you can still get a lot of flavors in here. Um, there's a slight bit of that kind of astringency that is, is somewhat typical in porters, but really only the beginning. Then yeah. it kind of fades away, and you get a lot of uh, really dark chocolate in the back of your mouth. Let me give another taste here. You get a lot of lingering malt bitterness in this one, too. Yes. The the malt bitterness from the chocolate malt as opposed to a hoppy bitterness you might get. And it, it lingers and hangs around just... Just this lingering roast. It's almost like you have like a. I don't want to say smoky. I was going to say like you have smoke in your mouth, but then it brings. Well, it's like let's say out. you've eaten a, a something that has a little bit of char on it. Some mm-hmm. of that char okay. sticks around your mouth a bit. Uh, there's really the, the charness. That char flavor is kind of sticking around, and it was not directly. It's not quite like char. It's, it's somewhat similar. Uh, it's sticking around the front of your mouth, like the, the, the tip of your tongue and, the, and your cheeks, and then in the back you get this. That sort of bitterness thing, thing, but again, in the back, you get a really dark chocolate, and a bitterness sort of associated with that dark chocolate flavor. But it tastes good. I'm getting more of a, well, the, obviously the barley roast, but if I had to pick what I'm tasting more of, chocolate or coffee, I'm getting more coffee. 
And the really There's, late taste is where the like, coffee beans just come As up. you breathe over it, I'm, I'm starting to see where you're coming from there. In kind of the space between where you have that that bitterness, that, that char bitterness and the chocolate, in that in the space between you know the char bitterness in the front of your tongue and the chocolate in the back of your tongue, the coffee is kind of in, is coming in. Yeah, it's kind of fleeting, but I mean, I got a couple of aroma whiffs and flavor where, I mean, it just smells like fresh ground coffee beans right there, fresh roasted beans or something like that. It's hard to say whether I would necessarily say it smells directly like that. I think there's flavors reminiscent of it, but they only really happen after you've drank and you let some air breathe over your tongue. And yeah. it's it's not like you're it's not like a coffee porter, you know. It, right. it doesn't have a real intense coffee flavor, but there are flavors, the combination of flavors gives you a a profile that's reminiscent of coffee. Okay. Well, let's see. There are we should go back to do a little business first. Yeah, we don't have any uh, special business bulletins, if you will. Buy our DVD. But you can send us Did you hear something? I didn't didn't hear anything. Uh, beats me. Um, you can send us email to our email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Post a comment. As we've been getting a lot more comments, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, there's kind of a discussion going on our message yeah. board. or Not even message boards, on our website, which is kind of nice. People are going back and forth. At uh, craftbeerradio.com. we got the Frapper map, so you can go mm-hmm. put your pin in there. And Greg will check it out. Honestly, I haven't checked out Frapper in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is there? There's Podcast Alley. You can vote for us there if you want to. Well, you can just send us emails. Yeah, it's cool. we we really like the emails a lot more. Like the emails and then posting on your website. Because yeah, posting on the website's cool if you got something to say for other people, or if you want to. I really like the ongoing dialogue. You know that that, that we definitely participate in, and our listeners participate in, yeah. and it really it, it's cool. I like that. It's kind of the the website version of a beer geek roundtable. Yeah, and if you're the adventurous type, you could always go to the beer reports confrontation board and join in the conversation there. Yeah, we don't check that out often. At least I don't. But I, I check it out just about every day. There you go. Uh, let's see. We got an email here. Andy posted a comment. Well, I guess it's more of a comment on our website. There you go. Uh, we said that Eel River comes from Fontana rather than Fortuna, where it's actually made. It's not such a big deal, but Fortuna is a pretty little town in Northern California near the coast with a redwood forest, while Fontana, also known <laughs> as Fontucky, well, it's a town in Southern California with truck stops and meth trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mistake. When I compared the notes, I just saw the town name. I'm like, oh, it's Fontana. So I just put it down. Mm. So it's not Greg's fault for reading it wrong. Isn't Fontana also a cheese? I guess. Is that Fontina? It's Fontina, right. Fontana's where the NASCAR race is, I think. No wonder that they have truck stops and meth trafficking. Now everyone who, who's a NASCAR fan is going to be is gonna be hating on me. Sorry. No, maybe because I'm getting a little bit used to that roast and the roasted barley. It's starting to taste a little bit more, uh, a little bit of raisiny. Hmm. Maybe it's it's before it gets. Yeah, I'm definitely getting some more raisins now, especially in the late aftertaste. I'm starting to get. Uh, I'm starting to taste a little tiny bit of hoppy bitterness. Hoppy bitterness. Yeah. Huh? Just uh, in the back of my tongue. Yeah, I suppose there's a little bit in there. You know, it's not you don't expect many porters to be hot for. Although, you know, hot for is you never gonna really expect that, but you can taste hops on some of them. Edward Fitzgerald is a good example of a porter you can taste some hops in. Right. It's not necessary for the style, nor is it always the best thing. 
I'm not saying it's bad here. Just saying here it is. You can taste it. Next couple beers that I make are definitely going to be hop forward beers at the Homebrew Club picnic. I want a pound of Amarillo hop pellets. Really? <laughs> a pound. Okay, so yeah, that's going to be. So hop normally, forward. what we use about four or five ounces of hops in a beer. Yeah, I got sixteen ounces. <laughs> hmm. Well, they're hop pellets. They'll stay around for a while. So you don't doesn't necessarily yep. have to be your next couple of beers going to be hop forward. But it's going to be tempting not to throw a pound of hops into a beer. <laughs> a pound of hops. Well. Gonna go for a ruination clone or something? <laughs> you know, uh, James Spencer has that Amarillo ale recipe that um, we've had before, and uh, talks about it on his show. I know the big funny head guys really like that one. Maybe I'll make take that recipe and supercharge <laughs> it with the Amarillo. Now, what does Amarillo um, taste like? Amarillo is—it's another citrusy hop. It's uh, it's that it was the first like big hop that was made a couple year or two years ago, where it's the high alpha, low cohumulin. So it doesn't give that harsh flavor that like a Chinook used to mm-hmm. give, where it's a, little, a lot more mellow, so it's more drinkable. And uh, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't really the tangerine hop. It's been a while since I've had Amarillo straightforward in a yeah. beer. So. I mean, the new hotness is Simcoe, right? That's the one. Simcoe. There's a bunch of hot ones, really. Simcoe, Zeus, Tomahawk, Columbus. They're all relatively new. They're all high alpha, local yeah. humulin. Nice porter. Not disappointing. It's a... Measuring it up to where a porter needs to be, it's it's certainly there. Yeah, it's yeah. not lacking in body. We, we or didn't really t- yeah, we didn't talk about mouthfeel and body, but it really does have. I think because it's sort of the it's the exact right mouthfeel and body for a porter. Yeah, it has enough enough kind of thickness to to carry the flavors along, but it's not so thick that it feels sticky. And feels it, sticky. It doesn't really feel like a strong stout or something right. like that. It's to me the carbonation level is great on it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that some people aren't as much as fans of carbonation as I am, but I do like to have a beer to have a little bit of punch, and this beer does give you enough of a of a burning from the, car- the carbonation to know that you're you're tasting something good. Okay, I think it activates some of your taste buds too. I don't know if I have any real proof of that. Right. the uh, The main impression I'm getting now as I'm winding up, winding down on this beer, finishing up, is just a, a lingering roast. Is that char we kind of talked about? But it, it's uniform throughout my mouth, and it's mm-hmm. just it's there, and it's not going away anytime soon. Type feeling. This is really tasty, especially like you said, as you get used to it. It just goes down really easy. It's very drinkable, and it has, like we said, just the right mouthfeel and and and, fla- and uh, presence to keep that drinkability going. I can see myself drinking a couple of these, which would probably be expensive. Here's a story that Nick sent us. It's a, a story that was on CNN, I think, about how beer drinkers or or just drinkers in general make more money than people. Who yes, don't drink. I saw that. I saw that. Um, and the story is written. It's written from a funny point of view, where it sounds like. If you drink, you'll make more money. <laughs> I can't help but think that it's people who make more money drink. <laughs> yeah, I think that that definitely is part of it. Although, is it drink or drink at a bar? Because I'm thinking drink at a bar. Probably. I don't know how many people, when I'm buying a beer, I see come out with $9 cases of Pabst or Coors Light or something like that. Right. And everyone, there's if I see another craft beer guy in there, it's rare. It's a, very, it's a big rarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the place that I go to has a great selection of craft beers. So. They've got to be there sometime or they yeah. wouldn't stock it. So that's always cool. But yeah, it was a funny story. We'll link it on our website where it's basically like, if you drink beer, <laughs> drink at a bar where you make more money than the person who doesn't. Well, um, Jeff and I both uh, make, I don't know, we make f- a decent amount of money and we both drink beer. So right. there you go. Proof. <laughs> Absolute irrefutable proof. 
100% of our sample size <laughs> makes more money than people who don't drink. This is the Port Reyes Porter from Marin Did Brewing Company. Did I spell it that way? It's Point Rise Reyes. You said Port. Oh, I apologize. The Point Reyes Porter. I assume it's Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, not Reyes or whatever. From the Marin Brewing Company. This is in Larkspur, California. Another 6% alcohol porter. Available year-round. This won three Great American Beer Fest medals, one gold, two World Beer Championships, and a ton of California State Fairs. Available in California and Oregon, and we have a little cap on here that says California Brewed. It's a little happy cartoon mug in the shape of California. It certainly does look happy, doesn't it? And with that nose, I wouldn't be too happy. It's a big... It's just a point. But, you know, some... Doesn't take much for some people. <laughs> hmm. This is a, a milder oh, aroma on this one, and a lot of head. A lot more head than yours. The the nose, I think, is Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> this is a much sweeter aroma, uh, almost sugary, but not super sweet, not sickly sweet, but it's just, the aroma has it's a... not fair. Yours poured with an appropriate head, mine poured with five times too much. Well, I'm just a lot cooler than you are, Jeff, and the head knows it. Now, it says on the side, live ale, keep refrigerated. I assume that means <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> it says bright red in white letters. It's almost like a warning you'd put on a package. Right. Live ale, exclamation point. It's available in California and Oregon. And my head's not going away. It's it's uh, solidifying. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. It's building a crust, a protect, protective scab <laughs> over the top of the beer. You don't want to do the nose trick. <laughs> hmm. We're, by the way, drinking these in pint glasses. We should mention that. That's interesting. <laughs> it, Different. It, 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 a thinner mouthfeel. Uh, well, it's kind of... Let me try it. I don't know whether it was really thin. It almost felt sort of velvety. Has a real tartness to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whether. I wonder if that's really supposed tart. to be there. I wonder if this has just gone bad. Is it really bad though? Gone off. Hmm. Gone off. I haven't really decided if it's really a bad flavor. Uh. Yeah, gone off. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's great. I don't think it goes well with the it's rest of the flavors a, here. Uh, it's not a Particularly, multiple award-winning beer, that's for sure. What it describes on here is, you know, it it describes a, a rich, uh, chocolatey flavors. I'm not getting that, mostly because of... You know, maybe... I think the mouthfeel still feels thin. If it caught some kind of bacterial infection, it might have fermented out some more non-fermentable sugars, lowered the gravity, and made that tartness, too. Because is the tartness taste like a little bit like a lactic to you? Like, yes. Like, um... Like the uh, Berliner Weiss that we had? Definitely. It definitely has sort of a lactic presence to it. I, it's hard underneath, because it's, it's actually a pretty powerful tartness. It's hard to detect a lot of flavors underneath that. It's unfortunate, because I, I don't think the mouth feels thin at all. I mean, to me, the mouth feel, feels pretty right. It feels, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it's a little thinner than the other one, but it just feels... Kind of right. I, I think they describe it right here as velvety. It just sort of it flows well. Okay. But at the same time, it doesn't really go well with the flavors here. It's a live ale for sure. 
<laughs> Some other critters might have fallen into this bottle. Hmm. That's kind of disappointing. You know, a tartness. It tastes kind of like my porter, doesn't it? It tastes like your brown ale. Yeah, well, yeah. the brown ale, brown porter right. that's gone past its prime. It has kind of the same flavor to it. This one's a little more potent, I think. And since I was expecting port, I mean, like, when I, when I tried your brown ale, I wasn't sure what to expect, so I wasn't sure if that tartness was supposed to be there. This, I have a pretty good feeling that tartness is not supposed to be there. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know many porters that I see. I don't think the BGCP guide says that a tartness is, yeah. is part of the I took that porter flavor. to the homebrew club picnic and had several people try it. You know, like, what do you think's wrong with this? Is, is it um, just old or is it infected? And they think it was maybe a slow infection starting to take over on it. So I wasn't perfectly clean. It took a long time to catch on. Uh, but a lot of people are like, it's still not a bad beer. I'm like, glad you say so. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even a faint shadow of what it was when it was fresh. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. But I didn't think it was the best. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, you have to redo that, that IPA you made. Yeah. That IPA you made was awesome. That was a good one. I've been drinking a lot of the ESP that I brewed. It's it's been aging for about a year now, and it's it's it was a little hot, too hoppy at first. Hops is toned down, and mm. it's a pretty nice beer right now. Give that a shot. Do you have any more of your? Um, not that I want it because I think you should keep it, but any more of your imperial style left? Yeah, over? I got a few bottles. You know what I do have? We should break out for a special show. The um, remember the coffee stout that I brewed way back when? That espresso stout. Yeah. Still got two bottles of it. It might have gone way back yeah. by now, but <laughs> I still have two bottles of the very first beer. Oh, the brown ale. Well, I'd love to do a. We should do a real coffee forward porter or something like that. Like a. They have a Java Stout in the fridge. <laughs> I mean, like, just try to do. Oh, something. you mean brew one? Yeah, brew oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Well, we did the. Did you ever have the espresso stout that I brewed? Yeah. Okay, that's the espresso lot. stuff. There's a lot of coffee in that one. But, like, I mean, like, I like coffee with enough of a, with enough of a carbonation mm-hmm. backbone, and I think that's more of a porter style than a stout. Okay. So, I do like coffee with porters more. I see. All right. Give that another try. Coffee yeah. and toffee together. Coffee if toffee. We, if we can do that, like a caramel malt with the coffee... I can give it a try. What beer am I? We have to do what beer am I this week. And we have a bunch of winners. Probably more than they're in here. Nope, that's him. Oh, that's it? Okay. This week's winners, the what beer am I was the Allagash Musette, which was, uh, well, I don't know. I never tried it, but it sounded really yeah, good. Yeah, Scotch Ale, Belgian yeah. style. It sounded pretty interesting. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. I, apparently, one of our listeners emailed in and said he just had it last week, so it must be out now. Yeah. We get Allagash here in the market, so we'll have to keep an eye out to see Definitely. if we can find it. This week's winners, Jim Z, Ben D, Scott J, Drew J, Glenn G, Justin D, Heath Street, Jason, Tom Schmidlin, Beer Drinker of the Year, and Ryan. <laughs> If you want to remain anonymous, I guess that isn't happening. How many were that? How many people? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Number nine. Jason. 
Jason, you are the winner of the East End Brewing Pint Glass. Congratulations, Jason. East End Brewing Company, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Buy a good friend a good beer. He just had his debut of his Hop Harvest Ale last night. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend, I'm going to try to get down and try to... It's a beer that helped brew, so I'll yeah. get down and try some, see how it tastes. He said, um, it's good, but it wasn't as good as he was hoping for. So. Oh, well. But, you know, you always have high expectations for your babies, right? So... I'll probably have him tell him it doesn't suck stuff. <laughs> Mine's going to be an astronaut. This week's What Beer Am I? I'm a Scotch-style ale named from Norse mythology. I am made by a brewery from a state who recently popped the cap. I am 27 IBUs, 8% ABV, and I am made with sterling hops. My brother recently won a silver medal at the 2006 World Beer Cup in the Sweet Stout category. And this is another Ding! another intern Scott beer. If you have a guess for this week's what beer am I, and you want to try to win that East End Brewing really cool pint glass, you can send us your guess at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Now, what makes East End Brewing pint glass better than other pint glasses? It's free from Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> there you go. That that's a good answer. Uh, Jason, I, I was hoping it would feature like powerful new beer drinking technology. No, yeah, it's just. Pint glass. Yeah. It's the world's finest pint glass with a white silk screen on it. It says East End Brewing Company. I think that is... It's free. Yeah. From Craft Beer Radio and East End Brewing I don't even have one, so I'll give you guys it. See, Greg's pretty dumb because there's about a case of them sitting right behind him there. (laughs) Well, I won't dispute the fact that I'm pretty dumb. (laughs) Uh, Jason, uh, if you didn't send in your address with your guests, send in your address and we'll get you that glass. Next beer. Next beer. Bell's Porter. Bell's, the very cleverly named Bell's Porter. Yeah. <laughs> Bell's Brewing Company. Very extravagantly <laughs> yeah. named. In Kalamazoo, Michigan. 6% alcohol by volume. Available year round. Pick Never this. had Bell's Porter, I don't think. Picked this up at Three Sons, Dogs, and Subs the other day because we were a porter short. Have any other porters? Nope, we got a special surprise beer for you next. Ooh. To wrap up the show. Whoa, hello. Hello, chocolate. Cocoa, big time cocoa. This is like you just poured some hot chocolate for me. Yeah. Good hot chocolate. Yeah. Not like Swiss Miss, you know, powdered crap. Homemade. Wow, man, this smells good. Pours a, a very dark with a, a tiny bit of highlights at the bottom. A little bit of a head, a very white head compared to the other two, I think. Chunky. <laughs> Don't know where that came from, but there's a chunk in my beer. I think that might have been actually from, from this one because okay. I noticed there was a little white thing sticking in there. Okay. Which might have been an infection. Um... This this is a thinner mouthfeel. Yeah, the beginning half of the taste isn't. It's really subtle. I yeah. guess is the polite way to put it. It's like it's like almost nothing, nothing there, and then you get the 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 final hump, and then the aftertaste. Yeah, you, you know, nothing, not much, tiny bit of a spinachy hit with uh, kind of a malt forward taste goes away, and then you're left with sort of a chocolate aftertaste. Taste, you remember that Band-Aid medicinal taste we were tasting last week? Yeah. Got a little bit here, about three, two-thirds of the way through the taste. Uh, I can see where you're getting that. Okay. 
I, I wouldn't describe it as a strong Band-Aid. No, it's subtle. Yeah. It, you only taste it for a moment about two-thirds of the way through. I think that this because this beer is a little bit... It doesn't have as much flavor as the other two. Uh, you can taste that more. Mm-hmm. Like If that was present in the first one especially, you wouldn't be able to taste that. In the second one, you wouldn't be able to taste that beyond the, sour, beyond the sourness. It's just... As we've mentioned before, particularly in beers that have a, a low amount of flavor, flaws get become very noticeable, even if they are very minor. Like we say, this is not super. This is not superbly noticeable flaw, but it is there if you're really willing to look for it. Yep. Uh, we got an email from Carl. Carl is the guy who went to um, gave us the first report about Cafe Dale says, and I guess we misinterpreted what he was trying to say to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, let's see, in terms of my use of the word caveat, he writes, it meant that more in the sense of the Latin phrase caveat emptor, or let the buyer beware. I think you were construing the word to mean shortcoming or some other negative connotation. Um, I don't know whether, well, a little bit, I guess. We we're saying caveat in the sense that if you were to go there with something in your mind, specifically you were going there as a as a person who just wanted craft beer, this is probably not the best place to go to. Right. I don't think it's negative. I just think it's... Because I, 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 I still want to go to this place, even though I know this is not where I should go if I want to have a craft want yeah, to I mean, have a craft beer selection. I never really had that um, point of view in my mind. Yeah. And maybe if I communicated that, I didn't did it poorly. But, um, for example, if I go to a restaurant that has one or two craft beers, I'll look at the craft beer selection pick what I want, and then try to match the food to the beer. Right. Because there's such a pitiful selection there. But I know at Cafe Del Seis, they have a bunch of craft beer. So I would pick the food yeah. and then get the sommelier to help me pick the beer. It just, because I knew they had at least have, you know, a good selection to match up the beers. So, uh, I don't think I, I mean, because I wouldn't walk into Cafe Del Seis expecting to pair the beer with the food. Yeah, that wouldn't be, be the food with the beer. I wouldn't walk in there saying, you know, what kind of beer do you have? Because I, I only want to get, you know, a, a place that has this particular type of beer. Yeah, I agree. That's not where I'm going there. It's like, it's like going into a, a place with a, with a good a wine sommelier and saying, you know, I want to have this particular type of wine. It's not, it's not why you're going there. It's, and I'm sorry if you got this impression, Carl, because basically, it's we feel that that's not at all what what they're intending to do in Cafe Dallas. They're just trying to. It's awesome. Yeah. Nice five, you know, four or five star restaurant, whatever it is. They got the wine selection. They have the beer selection to, to pair with the food. It, it's what this world needs. Yeah. And I, there'd be no wars <laughs> if every restaurant was like this. <laughs> it might be stretching in a bit. And Carl also mentioned that he really likes the, our changed format. Uh, and that's cool because we like it a lot too. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while now. And everyone, no, no bad feedback about it. Yeah. They say we feel a lot more comfortable. No, we did have one bad feedback about it. And it was from Groucho. Groucho thought we were kind of getting into sort of his his oh. domain, and that was not our intention. Uh, I think uh, he's forgiven us on that one. <laughs> it just felt like it, 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 and it feels like it's a smoother show. It's a shorter show in a lot of cases, which is cool. <laughs> it's definitely a shorter show, but it, it just feels better. It feels better. It feels a little bit less uh, structured, which it obviously is, but that just feels good. Because our show is a conversational show, primarily. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm near the end of my Bell's Porter here. I'm still getting a little bit of that medicinal flavor, but it's not as bad. I'm kind mm-hmm. of 
muting it out. You know, my tongue's getting used to it or whatever. I kind of wish I got some of that dark chocolate from the aroma. Yeah, the, the aroma was definitely more interesting than the flavor on this beer. It's just subtle the whole way through. There's nothing really outstanding about it. Maybe it's because we just had two other porters that doesn't taste as big as them. But yeah. I'm getting a little bit of cocoa, a little bit of sugariness. But, yeah, it's not nearly as robust as these other two were. Mm-hmm. And it's thinner. It doesn't have quite the mouthfeel. So. Well, what's this special beer you got for me? Well, let me pause and I will go grab it. Okay, Greg's going to be excited about this one. I know it. Let's see. I'm sure you can probably guess. It's probably one of his top five guesses. Ah, that's pretty much what I... I figured it'd be a stone beer, and it is. It's stone 10th anniversary India Pale Ale. <laughs> beer that everyone says Greg needs to try. Well, here I go. I'm trying it. I'm excited, actually. I am excited. Let's give it a shot. Oh, here. Just take a whiff off the top of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you want a little grapefruit? <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's pour in a... Uh, a Copper color with a small amount of head, about a finger's worth of head. Really, really clear. Oh my god. <laughs> if you want some aroma on this, uh, I gotta be honest with you. Urinal. <laughs> no, no, you can't say that, Greg. Try grapefruit and apricot. Tangerine, something like that. Okay, now it's calming down a bit. Now, I mean, the first thing I detected was like, you know, I go into a truck step urinal and just like, boom, boom, I hit with a bunch of. of uh, I think I should have blindfolded you or poured it outside, outside the room. <laughs> I would have detected that. I think uh, you're trying to be unbiased, but I think your biases are coming through if you smelled urinal in this beer. I'm, I'm, I'm being totally honest with you that. It, it smells. It doesn't smell incredibly appealing to me. Or oh, man, I gotta go to the urinals that you hang out at. <laughs> but now I'm detecting more of a yeah, like a very wow. strong apricot or you know pithy grapefruit aroma. Wow. So we have a mix of um, hot alcohol. We have a bunch of hops and a little bit of syrup. Great trying to figure out how not to be mean about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Immediately, you know, I'm like, hmm. that's a... I'm like, I'm trying to digest these flavors. Hop flavor is crazy on this. And I go like, I just do a little bit of a flick with my tongue and breathe some air over it. And it's just stinky, stinky, stinky. Mm. See, I think the alcohol solvency is cutting through the stickiness a little bit. I really... Okay, here's the deal. I do not like that initial flavor at all. It tastes like that urinary smell. However, that goes away quickly. And then you're left with a very hard... Like a hard tangerine, like a really alcoholy tangerine, very strong. I mean, it's almost like you're... Spiked fruit or something like you know, it's, yeah, it's very, so alcoholic. Yeah, it's very alcoholic, and you know what? It's not as sticky as I would have expected from a stone beer. It's there's a stickiness there, and that's their trademark. 
but it's not sticking on me in a negative way. I, I'll give them credit. I think they broke from their habit of using crazy vocabulary in the back of the label here. Seems like it tells a real story. Yeah, it does tell a real story. I really don't like the very the very first initial flavor you get from this, but it fades in a way that is not displeasing to me, although in a similar way to their IPA, the more I drink of it, the more it's starting to stick. You know what you have to love about Three Sons, Dogs, and Suds? Look at the price. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. $6.25 for a 22-ounce bottle of Stone 10th Anniversary IPA. These guys give the beer away. I don't know how. I mean, these must be making like two hundred percent profit or something. Probably. I mean, when, when you when if you buy a thing of stone, if you buy a case of stone, it's going to cost you around eighty dollars, right? Oh, look at this. There's this little bit of the Brewer Mania part, you know, which we don't really put too much stock in. But this tenth anniversary bottle has ten different labels, and you can. This is three of ten. I see. I know people are going to think. Yeah, there's Greg hating on Stone again. I really don't like the aroma on this, and I don't like the initial taste. After that, it's better. After that, I'm not... I don't think it's horrible. See, I'm loving the hop flavor. It is intense, and it's not harsh. It's bitter. It's fruity. For this much hop flavor, I think it's really well done. The... uh it is a mouthful of flavor, that's for sure. It's it's a stone beer. Yeah. The 10% alcohol, the God knows how many IBUs, and, you know, too bad you can't, they don't measure hop flavor in a quantitative thing, but, I mean, it's like three or four times as much as, like, a good, you know, as um, Alpha King or <laughs> um, Two-Hearted Ale. Oh, that, uh, the aroma is gross. Oh, you're, you suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. The aroma's gross. The, uh... Just not worthy. Oof. Reminds me of a combination of a, of a urinal and, like, when, it, when a fish tank gets really kind of nasty. <laughs> you're just making people angry now, Greg. <laughs> I know, Greg, and I know he's not doing this on purpose, as you, as you think he might be for theatrics, but, uh... I don't know where he's getting the aromas from. As I took a bigger whiff, I got more alcohol in the aroma this time. I should have poured you a tiny little glass. That's what you can be wasted on you. Let's rank the porters. It, it's it's not an unpleasing aftertaste, which I would expect from Stone. The aftertaste is not unpleasing. There, there's a slight amount of stickiness, but it's not an unpleasant stickiness. This is that's a a big you know step up in terms of of my appreciation for their stuff. I, I'm just I'm surprised you don't like the hops in this. Maybe I've experienced this smell before in a bad situation, or in in, in a, a bad area, and that's kind of why I equate it. Because to me, this is not it's not a great smell for a beer. I don't really like it. See the aroma now. I'm not getting much. I, I'm a little stuffy today. I'm not getting much hop aroma now. Now I'm getting. Alcohol, a lot of alcohol. almost almost rubbing yeah. alcohol. The alcohol yeah. is 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 coming out more, like I say, as this gets down, and that is kind of covering up some of that aroma, some of that what I consider a, a 
Got a nasty aroma. <laughs> this is one hell of a 10th anniversary beer, in my opinion. I've had, what was it? Was it um, Victory's 10th anniversary? Which, the 10 years old. Yeah, which was horrible compared to this. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I could, not, I could not drink Victory's 10 years old. And this is we, much better. A lot of people love that beer. But the time Greg and I had it, it just... Uh, we tried it twice, right? I think we only tried it once. So it's possible we could have gotten a bad bottle. It is. But yeah, it was, it was wrong. It, it was, was just so wrong. Yeah, it was really bad. We had to pour it out. Are you going to rank the three porters? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Is it? I think so. See, two and three are kind of hard for me to pick out. Well, one of them has, has off flavors. One of them has significant off flavors and one of them doesn't. Okay, yeah, you're right. If you put it that way... Okay, so our number one beer is the Farmhouse Stone Fence Porter. Definitely. It was a good beer. Number two is going to be the Bell's Porter because mm-hmm. it had minor off flavors. Yeah. And number three is going to be the Point Marin Rays. Brewing Point Rays, Point Rise, whichever, from uh, Marin Brewing Company. And that one was the Tart, Tart, mm-hmm. Tart beer. Now the Stone 10th Anniversary, you'll notice, we're going to finish this beer. Oh, very good. So it... I'm going to put the stone number one out of all these. <laughs> I'm going to definitely, definitely put the farmhouse stone fence pour number one. And I'd put the stone to the anniversary probably number two. Probably. Okay. Uh, in terms well, of the other beers are flawed. <laughs> the other two beers are flawed. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> well, hey, that's a step up for Greg, right? He, he didn't put a flawed beer in front of a stone beer. <laughs> anyway, any who's is actually kind of a short show. 40. Oh, it's going to be about 40 minutes or so. Short shows are good. So tune in next week. We'll be doing something else. Same craft time. Same, same craft, craft channel. Yes. Sorry. I'm uh, sorry to everybody for you that. You can go to our upcoming beers page on our show, see what we're doing next. we got some IPAs. We even have a whole show of um, sour beers. Yeah. In the live. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be tasty. We might have to fast track that. But, oh, man, the anticipation. It's almost. It's like waiting for Christmas. It's like... yeah. It's almost as much fun waiting as it is drinking them, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's also, I kind of wonder, I mean, a whole sour beer show. Oh. That's kind of <laughs> Should we spread them out just to enjoy them it, more? It might be better to spread them out. In the same way that we, in, here we brought in the Stone 10th Anniversary to enjoy it separate from the porters. Right. If we knock one of the beer, well, let's ask our fans, let's ask the listeners. If we no, knock, I don't know if I want to leave it up to them. I like the idea of we could always we could cap off each show with a sour beer for you know several shows. Yeah. Instead of doing, yeah, because that's just too much of a good thing, you know. It's not just too much of a good thing. It's like I mean, sour beers really wreak havoc on your palate, <laughs> and trying a whole bunch at once. At, at a certain point, you're just going to taste the one the bread of maniaces or whatever it is. <laughs> that's all you're going to taste. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so tune in next week for another exciting episode of Craft Beer Radio. And check out the pre show. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.